Welcome back to Strike Up the Band, featuring band music from the past 900 years. It's a pleasure for me today to welcome uh, a very good friend, a colleague, and uh, a musical collaborator at different times over the years, Dr. Robert Fruwald, uh, who is on the faculty, has been on the faculty, and I'll let him explain his background and so forth, but at Southeast for uh, many years. So uh, welcome, Bob. And maybe if you, we could start out, kind of tell us about your time and experiences at Southeast. Yeah, um, there's been quite a few of them because it's been 34 years, uh, which is a little bit unbelievable at this point. Um, I started out here, I guess, primarily as the flute teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say that with a question mark at the end because they also wanted somebody to teach theory and coordinate the theory area and teach electronic music and teach general studies with interdisciplinary discipline. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think oboe as well, which I didn't manage. Um, but there were a lot of things uh, on, the, uh, on the job description. Um, so I taught flute here for, I guess, about five years and taught some of these other things off and on. Uh, and then Paul Thompson showed up in town, and he's a fantastic flutist and flute teacher. Uh, and he started taking over some of the flute students and then more of the flute students and then all of the flute students. Um, and so I eventually taught theory, uh, music theory, and uh, composition. We added a composition degree um, uh, to the list of, of things that, that we do here uh, at Southeast. Um, I've done a lot of teaching over the years and a lot of composition I've written for I guess all of the ensembles we have here, uh, plus quite a bit of chamber music and a little bit of electronic music too. And I've done some performing. Uh, I played flute a lot in the old days when I first got here, and uh, that sort of dwindled over the years. But uh, uh, up until maybe two or three years ago, I still played. Yeah, well, and I remember working together in the Southeast Chamber Players. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's hard to believe that group was together for 20 years. Uh, so there was a lot of... <laughs> A lot of uh, collaboration there and a lot of very uh, good music and fun music. Uh, Are there any of your fondest memories or proudest moments uh, here at Southeast? Um, Well, I mean, the question is how much time do we have, really? (laughs) That's Uh, good. There's there's, there's quite a few of them. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that have to do with with teaching, particularly classroom teaching. Um, But somehow those don't make very interesting stories. Uh, I, I used to used to joke with the people, you know, doing publicity that they should come in and take pictures of you know, my students concentrating really hard sitting there in their desks at, in music theory class or something. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we'd attract a lot of students with that kind of publicity. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of collaborations that, that we did, one of them is a piece called Nova Mater, oh, yes. uh, which was back in the 90s. Uh, and it was for, did we call it the Wind Ensemble in those days? Yes, we did. Yeah, the, it was for the Wind Ensemble. Um had it seemed like a cast of thousands. Uh, we did it here several times, and then did it at the uh, Missouri Music Educators uh, Convention, uh, um, which was fantastic. We had a huge crowd. The performance was really good. The the band was playing really beautifully mm-hmm. that day. Um, and then I recently revised it and had some more performances. The the Louisville Concert Band did it back in Kentucky, and the University of Louisville Band did it. Um, at the uh, College Music Society National Convention, which was a, a big thrill. I guess it's technically not at SEMO, uh, but it came about because of things I'd, I'd done here at SEMO. 
Um, there was also a piece I wrote for the Chamber Players called Keblar, uh, uh, Kebyar, yeah. uh, which was uh, sort of a mini piano concerto. It was like six minutes long or something. Solo piano with the, the Chamber Players and um, the, uh, the ensemble uh, from, the, from the middle school, from the Cape Middle School. They came in and played ORF instruments. Oh, Sherry uh, Kahn. Sh- oh, Sh- absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that was a, a lot of fun, and, and I'm, I think, finally back on that. Um, well, you I, know, not, excuse me for interrupting, yeah, but uh, as I remember, that whole piece was based on input from the elementary students. Yes. Which was quite an accomplishment to take their many, many ideas. Yeah, yeah. What I, what I did was I, I went and, and heard a rehearsal of their group and, and asked them to, to play some things that they, they liked that were characteristic. Uh, and then I used one of the ideas, which was a little pentatonic melody they repeated over and over and over. And that's what they played. Uh-huh. Um, so the, the, the chamber players would play, the piano would play, and then they would play, and then they all sort of came together at the end. Um, so that, that was – I'm still fond of that piece. Um, the, uh, the orchestra uh, commissioned me to do a piece too, which I, I rather like, um, which was called River. It was a concerto for two flutes and a small orchestra. They, they mm-hmm. took this to China. That's why they wanted the uh-huh. piece, was they wanted something by a local composer. Uh, and uh, Paul Thompson did one of the solo flute parts. Uh, Tanisha Reeves did the other one. I don't know if you remember Tanisha. Oh, yes, I remember. Fantastic, fantastic flute player. Uh, and that was revived. Uh, Dr. Edgerton did it again with the orchestra in 2021, I think, in the spring. Mm. And then the uh, Kondolaroff uh, did one of the flute parts. And Ali Movissian uh, did the other one. She's one of our alums. So it was nice to have, you know, a student and a former student uh, doing that. That was, that was kind of a thrill. Um, I think the other thing uh, that really sticks out in my mind is a couple of visiting artists that we had. Uh, one of them was Carl Husa, uh, <laughs> a fantastic composer, really, really interesting guy. Um, and uh, I was chair at the time, so I got to spend quite a bit of time with him. I socialized with him some. Uh, we, he, and I, he and I went in the basement. We got bored one day. Went down to the basement of Brandt, and I listened to some of his music, and he listened to some of my music, and we talked about it and so on. That was a mm. thrill uh, to, talk to, to, to get to talk to him in, in that way. Um, there were a, a couple of other people. Clark Terry uh, came and played the, the great jazz trumpet player, came and played with the, uh, with the jazz band a couple of times. Uh, and uh, I got to hear him play, which was a thrill, and I got to spend a little time with him, too. Uh, and the other person I'm, I'm thinking about is Ian Clark, uh, maybe not quite so well-known, um, but is a fantastic flute player. He's certainly one of the best flute players in the world. And he was here maybe 10, 15 years ago, um, and I got to play with him, which was incredible. Uh, he, he did this piece <laughs> called Curbs, which was a piece for three flutes and piano. And he did the first part, and Paul Thompson did the second part, and I, I did the third part. And I must admit, it, it, it's, it's my one little experience where I got to find out what it's like to play with a really world-class player. <laughs> uh, and one thing I found out was I basically couldn't keep up with him. Uh, but I did, I did my best, and it was, it was wonderful that, to have that experience. Uh, it was also kind of funny because uh, I, I was taking him to dinner one night. And he said, you know, I don't quite understand it. The, the piece is called Curbs. And he said, every time I tell people that, they kind of giggle a little bit. And I said, well, I think the reason is that, that they have this, this gym, this, this workout place in town that's primarily for women, and it's called Curbs. And he looked at me, and he, he was like, I don't believe you. And we drove past Curbs and, <laughs> and said, see, it says yeah, Curbs. You're right. uh, and then he understood, I guess. Wow. Uh, it's it's interesting what goes into all those experiences. You know, we we often do them for the students, 
And then we realized afterwards that we probably gained as much as the students oh, yeah. did, if not more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, because of, of those uh, situations. Well, you know, of course, this is a, quote, band show. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, as a composer and with all the experience you have of playing in bands and working with groups and students, uh, what do you think is the present status in our country of bands with whether that's wind ensemble or symphonic band or maybe a, even a chamber ensemble. And what do you foresee as a composer for what's going to happen in the future, possibly? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good question. And there are times that I feel like I'm a, in a real small minority. Uh, and one reason I say that is I'm pretty optimistic about the future of the band in America. Um, I, I know some people that are quite worried that, you know, the public schools are going to be cutting back more and more and yeah. more. And we're going to lose our yeah. music programs and arts programs in general and so on. Um, I don't really see that happening most places. I certainly don't hope it happens around here. Um, but I've also noticed a sort of an expansion of uh, what bands are and who's playing in them over the last couple of decades, maybe. Uh, when I was younger, there were bands in the public schools. Um, some colleges had bands, most seemed to. Some of them had serious ensembles. Some of them had, you know, groups that you just played in for fun. Um, but once you got, you know, past college, uh, there, you know, weren't any more bands. Uh, you know, if you wanted to be in the service, you could be in a service band maybe. And that was a professional group, and they're wonderful. Um, but out in the rest of the world, there, there just wasn't anything. Uh, and more recently, it seems like, especially in the bigger cities, they're having – um, what you might call symphonic bands that are serious are sort of semi-pro ensembles. Um, and there's, uh, you know, adult amateurs who are good and kept up their chops. And then professional players like uh, college teachers and people who play in service bands and, and, and things like that. And a lot of these ensembles are really good. Um, uh, th- this group that played Nova Mater in, in Louisville is called the Louisville Concert Band. Mm. And I was absolutely stunned at how well they played. Uh, it, it's that's one of the best performances I've ever gotten of, of anything in my entire life. Uh, and I remember asking, you know, going backstage and asking the conductor, and he said, oh, yeah, we've got great players. <laughs> a lot of the second chair wind players and so on from the symphony are playing in that group so that they can play principal and do the solos and get to play the band literature. Um, so I find that to be really very encouraging um, that, that we don't just have a sort of narrow range of – you know, a few bands here and the other people are in for fun. But everywhere from just, you know, fun marching bands to serious sort of symphonic ensembles. Good. Um, and I ask you uh, today as our guest composer uh, to share a work of yours with us. Uh, and so what piece have you chosen? What can you tell us about the piece? Yeah, um, this is a piece that I should have mentioned in my fondest memories, I guess. Uh, it's a piece called The Butterfly. It was premiered last spring uh, by the, uh, uh, the Southeast uh, uh, Symphonic Band. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's based on uh, an Irish folk song. Um, the, the, the basic idea really behind it, and of a lot of my recent music, is that I've become kind of interested in, in minimalism. Um, and when I say that, most people frown because they, they think of minimalism as being uh, music that's based on little simple formulas that repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and, and until, right. yeah. until you get so bored with it and then they repeat a little bit more. Um, but um, one of the things that, that – there was two things that sort of interest me about minimalism. Uh, one of them is that because they're using relatively simple uh, musical materials, um, when things change, you can actually hear it. Uh, when I was a young composer – 
Uh, it seemed like uh, the most serious music was supposed to be atonal and tremendously dissonant and tremendously complex. And that means you could do really cool musical things and nobody would ever hear it because the music was so complex you just couldn't hear what was right. going on. Yeah. Um, so I, I like to do sort of transformations of the melody. Uh, you know, every time it comes back, it's different. Uh, it's got different rhythms. It's got, you know, different uh, uh, emotions, modal inflections and things like that. And so you'll you'll hear that uh, when you hear the piece played. Uh, the other thing I like about minimalism um, is that, that quite often these minimal patterns change in a quasi-predictable way. Uh, like, for example, Philip Glass, one of the, the big minimalist composers, uh, he likes to do an additive process where he's he's got a little melodic figure and he'll repeat it a couple of times and then he'll add a note to it so it gets longer and then he'll add another note to it so it'll get longer and so on. Uh, and I do that in this piece at the very beginning. Uh, I bring in the, uh, the, the the first part of the melody from the butterfly uh, folk tune, and it kind of comes in one note at a time. So you, you hear a little bit of an accompaniment start, and then you hear one note, and one note, and one note, and then two notes, and then three notes, uh, a little bit like Philip Glass would do. Uh, one of the reasons why I like this particular uh, technique is that it works great in reverse. If you do an ad, a, a subtractive instead of an additive, uh, a kind of procedure. Uh, and one of the things uh, that is so nice about that is if you're taking notes away, um, the pattern kind of speeds up. And as it speeds up, you get a feeling of where the music is going. It gets a little bit more exciting, but you also realize eventually, you know, you're going to only end up with one or two notes at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is, uh, it gives a composer a way to sort of structure the end of the piece. So at the very end of the piece, um, uh, the woodwinds are doing a pattern, which is all just sort of straight eighth notes, but it's based on the melody. And as it gets closer to the end, they take notes. And then it ends. And again, you can listen to that and, you know, you can you can hear what's happening and you can feel that the piece is winding down. Um, it's a little bit hard to hear that because there's a few other things going on. The trombones are playing. I guess, oh, no. <laughs> I guess that's why I'm saying it's a little hard to hear. Um, but but in fact, again, I've used that kind of a technique uh, in order to help structure the piece and make it feel like it's going somewhere and then when it gets somewhere that it's arrived. Well, I always know myself personally as a musician and the students always love doing your pieces. And, of course, when you do these, you get to work with a composer. So you can't have really uh, any better situation, any better world, so to speak. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you with us today. And uh, I want to thank you for, gee, all your years of service here at Southeast and especially your uh, deep concern for the students. I know you've developed some really wonderful, uh, not only theory students, but uh, composition students. And uh, I want to thank you uh, for that. Yeah, well, I want to thank you back uh, for, for mentoring. Uh, you certainly were very kind and helpful to me when I first got here uh, for everything that you've done for the band program at Southeast. Um, I know that uh, it, it's I, I know it's unfair always to say that an organization is mostly one person's thing, um, but that's certainly how I think a lot of us felt about the band program that that it, it was it was Bob Gifford's world, um, and and there were some wonderful things that happened. Well, uh, forbid uh, the in, in that world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so well, yeah, I, I I appreciate you as well. To hear more interviews, visit krcu.org.